0: Hi, and welcome back to Skeptical Saturdays with me, Maddie. In this podcast, we talk about climate change and climate change skeptics. Sorry I've been gone for three weeks. I was on spring break for, well, I guess only a week, but I ended up like traveling for 10 days, so Skeptical Saturdays really wasn't on my mind, and I'm also going to be graduating in less than two months, so that's also been on my mind. I'm honestly very nervous to graduate because there are just, there are so many opportunities out there and it's nerve wracking knowing that I won't be a college student anymore and I'm kind of sad because I really like environmental science at Drake. So I guess that's kind of where I've been these past few weeks and yeah, I'm trying to get better at the whole Instagram thing. I want to potentially grow my following, but it doesn't really matter at this point because I just do this podcast basically for me and my friends. But if you really like it, I would appreciate if you would either follow my Instagram or share my podcast with someone else who you think would enjoy it but that's pretty much all i have before we get into today's episode which is greenwashing um so i think it was either i think it was on wednesday i went to starbucks and i like noticed that they have earth day cake pops and i was just like what the fuck? like this is greenwashing like right here <laughs> like uh, no i was just like what the fuck like okay starbucks thanks for greenwashing everything again and i thought that it would be a good podcast episode idea so that's today's topic um just to give you a basic definition of what greenwashing is if you don't already know or you just need a refresher it's basically when companies or brands um, invest more time and money on marketing their products as green, and green doesn't really mean anything, it's just a very vague term, rather than actually putting in the work to like, make sure their products are more sustainable or ethically made. And if you haven't already noticed, brands do this type of stuff all the time. They use words such as green, natural, and chemical-free, even though these words are technically just a cover-up and don't actually mean anything. Um, However, like because big corporations are able to do this and they understand the psychology behind effective marketing strategies, they are- greenwashing, in a sense, is extremely effective because for people who are not educated enough on the environment, just seeing that a product is either natural green or chemical free will incentivize the consumer to purchase said product and since consumers are well-intentioned but they are hypothetically majority of them are uneducated about what truly is sustainable or ethically made they're led down the wrong path the greenwashed path so greenwashing is very misleading, and provides no sense of further design for actual sustainable businesses, meaning the environmental problems caused by these big corporations that greenwash will most likely stay the same or just end up becoming worse. So I found this article titled The Sixteen Ugh. Six sins of greenwashing that I thought would be useful for today's episode. So basically, this article is done by this environmental marketing brand called TerraChoice, and they conducted a survey of six stores. I think TerraChoice is based in the UK. I think I could be completely wrong as well, though. Um, they identified over a thousand consumer products and all but one made claims that are either false or misleading that means that like the percentage of businesses that did not have misleading greenwashed claims is less than 0.01 percent that's pretty bad so based on their results they identified six patterns of greenwashing which coined the term, the six signs of greenwashing. So I'm gonna go through each of the signs just so you guys are more aware of in-depth greenwashing strategies. So the first sign, which is the sign of hidden trade-off suggests that a product is green based on a single environmental attribute, just like recycled cotton, without attention to other issues involved in making the product. An example of a hidden trade-off would be paper companies stating that their content is recycled but pay little attention to the manufacturing impacts such as the carbon carbon emissions and global warming impacts that are also created within the production process. This greenwashing sin attempts to place a band-aid on the larger issue and does not help in reducing negative environmental impacts because the larger issue is still not solved. Companies do this shit all the time. They think by including one recycled or ethically-made product within their entire line will convince the consumer that everything else is either sustainably or ethically made, and this strategy has been proving to work. TerraChoice, the marketing brand again, stated that over 60% of their companies found, or 60% of the products found had used this sin of hidden trade-off. So the second sin, which is the sin of no proof, states that any environmental claim that cannot be substantiated by an easily accessible supporting information. An example of this would be personal care products that claim to not have been tested on animals, but actually offer absolutely no evidence for said claim. It's kind of like also when brands have like a sustainability, like clothing brands specifically, have a sustainability tab on their website and they're just using like vague terms such as like, we are recording or supervising the products being made but offer no sort of like specific certification labels or anything like that it also reminds me of cage-free eggs when we think of the chickens that are like we think of cage-free eggs we think of like chickens being able to roam around in fields in reality though it just means that there is a door that is open on their cage so they can like walk in and out of their cage to another cage it's not it's i technically cage free but it doesn't really mean like full free range so that's the sin of no proof the third is the sin of vagueness this sin happens when there are claims that that are so poorly defined that its real meaning is going to be misunderstood by the consumer for example the all natural claim makes absolutely no sense for instance Arsenic and formaldehyde are both natural chemicals, but are also extremely poisonous. Another vague term or vague terms include green, environmentally friendly, and eco-conscious. When, like again, some chemicals could be natural and not synthetic, but also could be harmful when they are misplaced. So this claim, again, makes no sense. The fourth is the sin of irrelevance, which happens when producers make an environmental claim that may be truthful, yet unimportant and unhelpful for consumers who are seeking environmentally preferable products. For example, back in the 1990s, CFCs were banned from basically everything. Especially aerosol cans where they were coming from just to prevent further ozone depletion and as we have seen today The eradication of CFCs has helped rebuild the ozone, which is very good But it's legally banned. So when companies claim to be CFC free, of course They are because CFCs all of them are legally banned now so like that claim is irrelevant which makes sense because it's the sin of irrelevance the fifth is the sin of lesser of two evils um, this claims that these products are like a certain product is better for the environment than another brand's counterpart but this claim distracts the consumer from realizing that the greatest environmental impact comes from the specific industry as a whole an example of this claim would be organic cigarettes Organic tobacco may be the more responsible choice, but consumers should be just overall discouraged from smoking because of Not only the environmental impacts, but your health impacts so this is kind of Blurring the lines and distracting the consumers from the overall issue and lastly the sin of fibbing which is when certain environmental claims are just entirely false. For example, in the study, they found that dishwasher detergent or this specific dishwasher detergent brand claims to be or claims to use 100% recycled paper, but inside of that paper is just another plastic bottle. So they obviously lied because not only did they use the energy to make sure that the... Recycled paper was being used, but they also just use the plastic bottle, So it's actually worse than just having a plastic bottle to begin with These six sins are important to remember because they have an insane impact on consumer behavior Which I will get into next um, So back to like the reasoning behind why I chose greenwashing for today's episode is because of this article that i saw on instagram a few weeks back it's titled data primark and amazon ranked among most sustainable retailers in the in a consumer poll what the fuck? (laughs) like primark and amazon what those those two brands alone cause so much environmental destruction and it is so insane to me that Consumers think these brands are sustainable. Um, When I actually read the article, I thought it was going to be like a hot take on greenwashing. But after reading it, I have other thoughts. People and the journalists assigned to this article actually believe that the green strategies from these large corporations are making a difference. This article was published by the magazine Retail Week, and it su- surveyed a 1,000 UK citizens on sustainability rankings among brands. And before the citizens ranked the brands, 55% of them told um, Retail Week that they would be more likely to purchase a product if it was marketed as sustainable. So. Like consumers do have a genu- genuine interest in supporting the environment, but are misled down a deep, dark path. Um, Retail Week states that many retailers and brands are making efforts to be greener, and this is capturing the consumer's attention. But I just want to stop Retail Week right there because these big brands are basically carrying environmental degradation on their back. They do not give one flying fuck about how... Being truly sustainable, like, the impact of that and what that means for the environment. They falsely advertise to consumers to make consumers believe that their purchase is meaningful and that they are trying to make a difference. It's just really sad how how uneducated the consumer is. But also, the bigger issue is that those marketing greenwashing strategies among the com- consumers know about the lack of environmental education and know that they can get away with shit like this. The most baffling part of this survey is what the consumers ended up ranking as their most sustainable brands, and the ranking goes as follows from top to bottom. So first we have H&M, then Nike, Primark, M&S, and Amazon. Retail Week then goes on to say that H&M, of all places, is leading the green wave. They actually said that in bold in the article, which I thought was insane because their clothes are cheap and it doesn't matter that a fr- small fraction of their clothing is made from recycled material because they still promote overconsumption by providing cheap and affordable clothing. with. Hundreds of thousands of items to choose from. When you think of it, they do not care about slow fashion whatsoever or minimalism because they are still a fast fashion brand. It doesn't matter when clothing items are recycled because when you still promote overconsumption, you are still like promoting this disposable lifestyle, with which not only is unsustainable and unethical, but just convinces the consumer that they need more, when in fact we don't. Or we don't need things that like, are of no use to us. So I decided to go to the website Good On You, which rates brand's sustainability level based on how much accurate information is given on their website. And this is what they tell me, Um, in quotes, H&M publishes detailed information about its suppliers and supply chain policy, but it creates short-lived fast fashion products. So personally, I would place H&M under the sin of the hidden trade-off because they can be transparent as humanly possible about their sourcing, but when it comes down to it, they are doing nothing to solve the problem of overconsumption. Just kind of like what I stated before, um, the br- or not the brand, but the website Good On You kind of just reiterated what I just said. So the main takeaway from the Retail Week article is that there is something called a consensus, consensus gap occurring. A consensus gap happens when corporations exploit the space between public perception and scientific fact. The consensus gap allows for corporations to persuade the public that they are trying to become more environmentally sustainable. Another direction that corporations and politicians for that matter can take is by persuading the public to believe in climate change denial. So they can either go down the greenwashing path and convince consumers that they are actually making a difference in their purchasing choices. Or they can just convince consumers that climate change is too far-fetched and that we shouldn't focus on it right now because it is unimportant to us like, as a whole. So after figuring out about the consensus, consensus gap, God, I am struggling with talking today. Um, I went to the website ExxonSecrets.org and it has noted that 124 companies have taken this effective strategy of promoting climate change denial and they are able to do so through social media campaigns lobbying and overall questioning the validity of science and all 124 of these organizations organizations are somehow financially tied to exxon which is a full circle moment so like flat out climate denial strategies and sneaky strategies such as greenwashing have quite an interesting psychological lens because if one were to ask any random person on the street if they thought climate change was real or important, the vast majority would agree and say yes, it is real and important. However, there appears to be a disconnect from people knowing climate change is real and it being a huge problem that is constantly in the back of their head. For instance, like climate change is barely featured as an issue of concern during election periods, which is absurd given all the data we now have on the matter. So from this environmentalist and psychologist, George Marshall, the reasoning for this is just simply not like our ability to not pay attention to things, which is the side of the brain termed effective reasoning. It dominates our decision-making, which is driven by signal cues and biases. It is also important to keep in mind that this is not our rational thinking side of the brain. So that's interesting how when we make decisions, they are not always rationalized. Effective reasoning goes hand-in-hand with confirmation bias or the ability to conform to the viewpoints of the people who we choose to be surrounded by. So, since we are under the belief that climate change is a problem for the future, we make excuses not to confront it head-on, or we just simply don't do our research. When we don't do our research, we can easily fall into greenwashing traps created by companies who know that the majority of the population is not going to do a quick Google search to indicate whether or not that company is truly trying to become more sustainable. From the Medium, Medium article titled, Greenwashing and the Psychology of Climate De- Change Denial, I really love the quote, Humans live in a bubble of self-delusion in which the perceived short-term imperatives of the market have been prioritized above the need for the existence of, su- of a sustainable planet to enable the species to secure its long-term future. I'm just going to sit with that. And now I'm going to, like, go on to how can we not fall into the traps of greenwashing and other climate denial strategies? So, going back to the six sins of greenwashing article, they give a call to action to stop falling for greenwashing marketing strategies. So, before purchasing a product, always look for eco-labeling on the product. Eco-labeling is standardized by ISO 14024, which arose as an answer to the early days of greenwashing. Products that are truly eco-friendly will be certified by third-party labeling companies such as Ecologo or Green Green Seal. Both of these labeling companies deliver a shortcut to finding greener products through third-party verification. Ongoing Surveillance and Auditing to ensure continued compliance and public listings of certified products. You can also just go back on the six sins and see if the brand you are choosing to purchase from is somehow sinning. You can ask yourself questions such as is the green claim restricted to just one environmental issue or product is the claim specific? Could all other products in this category make the same claim? And lastly, is the product I'm using questionable? We can all become more conscious of our purchasing habits and let's kick these motherfucking greenwashing bands out of business because they do not deserve to be exploiting the environment as they have been doing for however long this has been going on. So let's also keep in mind that we shouldn't fall into the trap of climate doomism and let's continue to do something about poor marketing strategies and holding brands and politicians accountable. I really enjoyed today's episode and I hope that I have somehow motivated you guys into spotting out and greenwashing and also just being more conscious of your consumption and purchasing habits. So, that's all I have for today, but make sure to follow my Instagram at Skeptical Saturdays Pod and give me a sexy five stars on Spotify if you like today's episode. So, until next time, bye.